the Black Panther Party is not stopping here on Lyle's Movie Files. So we got a, a fun little interview. I did a roundtable with Nate Moore, who's the executive producer of the film, along with two other of my favorite Marvel Studio films. If you missed out somehow, it's Captain America, Civil War, and Captain America, The Winter Soldier. So he's doing great things and already. And, and I also spoke with Ruth E. Carter. She's the costume director of pretty much everything. If you've seen a movie in the last 30 years, there's no way you haven't seen her work. She's done, man, so much stuff. Baby Boy, Amistad, pretty much all of Spike Lee's films, uh, Serenity, Selma, Malcolm X, you name it, she's pretty much done it. She also did Meteor Man, which is kind of important because that was another black superhero film. So remember, Blade is not the first one. There have been other films for the Marvel front. That's Blade. Don't forget if you haven't seen it, so check it out. So I had a really good conversation with them. Uh, it was a roundtable, so I did it with three other people. So you'll hear a couple of them and their questions uh, a little bit in this. But I'm so excited about Black Panther. I've seen it twice already. And hearing the excitement of the people who are worked behind the scenes really makes me excited about it. So enjoy the interview, and I'll catch you on the back end. My first question, Marvel, this is the... 18th Marvel Studios film, 18th. but the quality hasn't dropped off at all. It's like, if anything, people are getting more and more excited about these. Yeah. How, as an executive producer, are you able to keep this quality going and make sure that Phase 3, 4, and 5 continue what's been established? Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I think after 18 movies, we always say, if we don't think the movie's working, you guys definitely aren't going to like it because we, we spend so much time with these characters and with these ideas. So what we started to do really is figure out how to how to sort of map on different genres of movie into these characters so that when we're making the films even we feel from the nascent stages how different they are from each other because i think if we just tried to do origin story after origin story we'd get super bored you guys would get bored too um so how do we issue that how do we how do we hop past it you know for black panther one of the touchstones very early on was james bond because we hadn't done it. Uh, we were like, oh, wouldn't it be cool? Because, you know, he's the head of his nation, but he's also kind of their best weapon. So he's sort of James Bond as if James Bond was also the Queen of England. Um, how, do we, how do we build something like that? Um, uh, Ant-Man, for instance, was like, how do we do a heist movie in the Marvel Universe? So as we start to expand and continue to do these films, it's, hey, let's look at genres that we love that we haven't done before and figure out what characters that exist in the Marvel Universe fit best with those genres. Mm -hmm. I think that's, that's been helpful. And the other leg of the table, I think, is finding filmmakers, finding new filmmakers, new voices, who maybe haven't done it before, but who have very signature kind of style. So Ryan Coogler, obviously, in this film, I think, brings the same sort of quality of storytelling, character development, and, and performance that he did in Fruitvale and Creed. Uh, Taika Waititi brings the same humor that he brought in what we do in The Shadows to Thor Ragnarok. John Watts, when working with kids in Cop Car, translates to Spider-Man Homecoming. So let's find those filmmakers who aren't obvious necessarily, um, and then surround them with the technicians to allow them to do a, a film at this scale, but still retain their individual voices. What was, the, was there any process or how much do you have to go into to um, build this world of Wakanda itself? What did you have to do? Uh, we did a lot. We did a lot early on. Um, our production designer, Hannah Beekler, created what she called the Wakandan Bible that was over 300 pages yeah, long. Um, uh, that was all about picking references that were real, because what we didn't want to do is create a culture out of whole cloth. It's, it would, A, I, I think that'd be really hard, but B, it also would just feel inauthentic to what is actually in Africa that is really interesting. So 
uh, as a storyteller, Hannah and Ryan were able to sort of co combine and figure out, well, what tribes would make up Wakanda, and therefore what are the real life references that we can use for those tribes, so that it always felt like we were borrowing from stuff that existed. Um, but to do all that work early on allowed sort of the other heads of departments when they got on from costumes to camera uh, to props to always know where they can find the real reference so that nobody was going off and sort of freestyling and creating something that felt sort of out of character for the movie. Um, uh, but it was talking to experts very early on so that uh, even in the script, the references were real and they, it, didn't al it didn't allow, I guess, for people to sort of have these flights of fancy that would have that felt uh, 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 fake. Yeah, and I think one of the problems is when people use Africa as a reference, it always is the direction is kind of from an anthropological kind of point of view, and that that really doesn't, you know, it doesn't just doesn't work anymore. And we wanted to enheighten um, the royalty, bring it into a modern place, you know, reflect what we see um, we see every day, kind of. So I think that's part of why taking some of the uh, tribal references and um, uplifting it and, and honoring it, uh, but also reimagining it, um, how it would look in a, in a place that was not colonialized, you know, mm -hmm. and, um, and just, you know, give it that fantasy, you know, that superhero films, you know, should have, need to have. Yeah, and the language, you know, John Connie is a South African actor, uh, so it is a South African dialect he speaks, mm -hmm. and it was actually in Civil War that he taught that to Chadwick. Mm -hmm. So it is very much, most Wakandan is based on, on South African uh, Kosa dialect, mm -hmm. uh, and Chad, Chadwick had a special dialect coach from South Africa that he would Skype with every morning before he would uh, uh, come to us for rehearsal, again, just to make sure it was as authentic as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I, uh, the, the uh, Ghani's dialect I can't speak to, but I do know the intent was sort of South African Kosa as sort of the base Wakandan dialect. One, uh, one question I have for you, I just loved all of the costumes. Oh, thank just, you. Because you know, your work in Serenity was great, and I was oh, like, wow, I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, was, I was excited about that when you were working, but I was curious, what character or what characters posed the, the toughest challenge to get their look for the film? Um, <clears throat> I think uh, the Dora, because the Dora is the big fan favorite, and so, um, you know, uh, Ryan and Nate probably didn't know that there were versions of it that were shown to me as the craftspeople were putting things together, and I was like, oh my god, no, we got to start over again. Um, you know, we thought about doing other uh, techniques, as like laser cutting, and, and you know, uh, the beadwork is based on authenticity uh the uh the leather work is based on um in uh, when i did roots we had south african leather craftsmen do these amazing hand hand tooled belts and so i gave uh, my craftspeople that were making the door costume those belts to use because what i was shown prior to i was like oh my god i've got to you know we, we i've got to give them more more inspiration mm. And, you know, we have highly skilled craftspeople, but it doesn't mean that they know exactly what aesthetic um, is involved. And that costume is very complicated. Um, the neck rings and the arm, uh, arm rings, they needed to be rubber so that the stunt girls could work and do all of their physical, uh, but they kept popping open every time they, you know, moved their arms. 
Um, and also, uh, you know, there's a significance to it. Uh, we wanted the armor to feel like jewelry. I wanted to have a, like a hand-tooled um, element to it, so it felt like it was made by special craftsmen. I mean, I had all these sub-stories going on in my head, and that's because, you know, African um, art and culture has a story. Everything has a big story behind it and, and why the wearer is wearing it. So I really wanted this costume to, you know, speak to these women warriors. I felt like it's something that they could hand down through generations. And every element of it was, you know, for all the costumes, every element was important, but especially for that one. So it took really some work to get it to that place. And I remember the day we showed it to the final, the final view. They've seen, they were, they were seeing iterations of different parts as we went along. But the final viewing, you know, I laid it on a table. It was like coming into a, a, a parlor where this, you know, magnificent uniform was, you know, on display. Mm -hmm. And uh, Nate and Ryan came in, and I was kind of holding my breath. I was like a little, uh, I was a little tense because I was just thinking to myself, "Don't not like anything. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me change." Because I had been in battle with that costume, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, Ryan, he really does, you know, take his time. He takes mm -hmm. things in. He looks at every element. He touches it. He really wants to be certain that that it's going to uh, project the image that we want it to. And he looked up and he said, it's good, Ruth, it's good. Yeah, really well done. Yeah. <laughs> you remember that day, Nate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think for Ryan, it was making sure that he knew all the tools at his disposal, but also when you had to put those tools down and make the decision. Uh, and again, for a filmmaker, that's always the hard part, where you, I actually have to lock you into something. Because at the beginning, uh, filmmaking is really fun because anything is the right answer. As you start to get closer and closer to production, all of a sudden you have to take choices off the table just because we have to pay for it. So mm -hmm. um, that was a tough negotiation that I think was uh, a learning experience for him and just like, okay, here's the point at which I can no longer ask for options. Here's the point where I have to choose. Mm -hmm. um, but because this film, again, had everything special made, there were constant choices between stunt, stunt performers even, right? So uh, if you think about the stunt performers in our movie, because it is an African nation, we have to find... African and African American stunt performers in volume. Mm -hmm. They don't exist. Yeah. There's not a lot of these movies, so a lot of there aren't a lot of stunt performers because there's not a need for them. So uh, Ryan had to choose people early so that we could train them and turn them into stunt performers. Um, mm -hmm. So there's a lot more of those details that usually just say, bring in a bunch of Hydra agents. Cool. <laughs> you look good. Right. Uh, bring in Wakandans. Hold on. Hold on. Yes. No. Yes. You know. Um, so it, it was it was a fun it was a fun process, but it was a real challenge. All right, that was an interview with Nate Moore and Ruth Carter. Shout out to the other people in the roundtable with me. Uh, my man Kevin Sampson at PictureLockShow.com, Dwayne Sean from 3BlackGeeks.com, and Demetra, Way, Demetra Ray from Mocha Moms. Had a good time with you guys. Hopefully we'll do it again soon. So I don't know if you're really aware, but Black Panther is amazing. You should go see it. Hopefully you've got your tickets reserved already. If not, this weekend you may be short. So hopefully you've got some tracked down. If not, 
I'll wait to hear what you think about it next week. Uh, i got another show coming up by the end of the week where the boys were talking about a lot of stuff. I think it's one of our best shows, so hopefully you'll like it as well. As always, you can check out everything that I write every day on lylesmoviefiles.com. And you can follow me on Twitter, subscribe to the podcast over on iTunes, Google Play, pretty much wherever you listen to podcasts now, iHeartRadio, etc. We're all over. So spread the word if you like the show. If you don't like the show, don't tell anybody. So thank you very much for tuning in, and I'll see you real soon. Take care. This episode of Lyle's Movie Files has been filed.